Good morning. This is Michael's Financial Nuggets podcast with me, Michael Palmer. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. If you're a first timer, welcome. So summer has ended, fall is in the air. Um, in, in fact, Nikki, my wife, she just started making pumpkin, uh, I think they're pumpkin, banana, chocolate chip muffins yesterday. Of course, she put chocolate chips in them because she's Italian and loves chocolate. But pumpkin is everywhere already in my house, despite my best efforts to prevent it. Um, but people are thinking about holidays right around the corner. But what it also means is that open enrollment is upon us at GIOA. So I wanted to bring in one of the awesome ladies at GIOA that many of you spend time talking to in regard of your GIOA benefits. So I'm pumped to have Michelle Sutter from GIOA here today. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good morning, Michael. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good morning. Um, so let's first just start with your background. Just tell us a little bit, like how long have you been in insurance? How long have you been at GIOA? What exactly is your role there? Just that type of thing. All right. Well, if I say how long I've been insurance licensed, I'll date myself. But my original license dates back, believe it or not, to 1987. But I've been doing um, over 30 years of insurance in my career. The last uh, 20 plus focused on strictly employee benefits. Uh, we stepped in to uh, manage the call center for GIOA in the early part of 2021. And I recruited my awesome team that I have now of Megan, Jenny, Raquel, and Olivia here in the call center that we have in Swanee, Georgia. Yeah, and they, they are doing an awesome job. Anytime I talk yeah. to operators, they always talk about how amazing all of y'all are to work with and answer their questions and bend over backwards to help. So that's awesome to see and hear. So talking about open enrollment today and, and benefits, GIOA benefits, when does open enrollment actually begin? It kicks off on October 23rd and runs through November 3rd. We actually just finished strategy and then take that information relative to employer contributions by each operator. And we're working with the LiveWell team and Benefit Focus to get everything programmed and ready to kick off on the 23rd. And then we have education prior to that. We'll have town halls the week prior to open enrollment. And this time for the first year for all the team members, we're also developing a virtual benefit fair tool because our goal this year is to provide even more education. We do every year, but each year it's our goal to enhance on what we've provided in previous years. Yeah. And, and you guys are going to be at RPM next month. I'll be there too, but we'll also all be there to answer questions. We'll so be there. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of opportunity um, for education and to learn about all these things. Right. Your town halls will be um, live for Q&A the week of the 16th. We'll also be hosting admin town halls. But if you want to meet with me, uh, any of the operators when they're in town in Atlanta for RPMs, I'll be there the entire three weeks. They can uh, swing by the VIP lounge that GIOA is hosting, and I can sit down and review their options with them as well. Awesome. So are, are there any big changes you think operators should know about this year in regard to their benefits? Or what are some of the conversations you're talking to operators about more so this year than maybe in previous years? I think by default over previous years, operators would just be like, give me the best plan, give me the platinum, I'm not going to worry about it, just enroll me in that. And this year is a little bit different. The platinum plan did go up more than um, the gold, silver, bronze, and freedom plans. So this is a year, you know, if we look at companies in total, and especially at the operator level, you know, cost of goods and services has gone up, cost of employee, what hourly rates have gone up, uh, food purchasing, everything's gone up. Well, insurance has gone up as well. You know, we're sitting here looking at inflationary inflationary um, rises in costs. So this is a year we felt that we needed to sit down with operators and do what I call do the math 
and make sure does the platinum plan, we still offer it, we didn't take it away, still meet their needs financially? What makes the most sense for them? We do offer five plans. And just sitting down and looking at, a lot of operators are looking at the gold plan for the first time because it still gives them a very good plan, but they're not having to allocate all their funds in what they call that $40,000 bucket towards health insurance premiums. And I've even had some looking at our freedom plan, which is our high deductible health plan that you can have an HSA with. And for the last two years, that's actually had no rate increase for two years. So it's a very cost competitive plan that some operators are for the first time taking a look at maybe, you know, managing their health care a different way and taking advantage of that high deductible plan and then funding an HSA. That's a ton of really good information and a good reminder for every operator. This is why you need to have a conversation with Michelle and the team to make sure you understand what makes the most sense for you and, and your family. I actually just had a conversation yesterday with an operator about the HSA plan. Um, it's the freedom plan, right? Correct. Freedom plan. Yeah. So all the other plans have copays tied to them. So if you're someone who wants a copay when you go to your primary and you want a copay for specialist and copay for pharmacy, then look at any of the other four plans. Because the law with the high deductible plan is preventive care is covered at 100%. But after that, everything applies to deductible. So you don't have that copay. But the premium is discounted greatly. In some cases, it's almost 50% lower. And then you just are more engaged as a consumer of how best to spend your healthcare dollars. Because you have two components when you look at um, your healthcare management and expenses is you have your fixed cost, which is your premium. And then you have your variable costs, which are your claims. So we just work to see, you know, how do you want to navigate the healthcare system? And is there a better way to navigate it financially? To be very clear on this, in case somebody hasn't really heard about HSA plans or high deductible. So HSA just stands for health savings account, and they go in line with high deductible insurance plans. Essentially, what, what you're doing here is you, you put your money into these HSA accounts and the money is tax deferred. And if you take the money out for qualified medical expenses, that money is tax free. Now, what is a qualified medical expense? So there's a bunch of different things and you can go on the IRS website and read about this. But if you're like me, it's never a fun visit when you go to the IRS website trying to understand all of this, but they've defined it on the website and it's things like health and dental insurance premiums, doctor, hospital visits, copays, prescriptions, over-the-counter drugs, glasses, contacts, crutches, wheelchairs, just basically anything that you would use for any sort of medical expenses. Right. If and you... the nice thing with it too is say if you, the limit for 2024, so any elections you make during open enrollment, and if you decide to move to the free Freedom plan, it would be effective January 1st. So then based on that, you can put up to the maximums that the IRS outlines into that health savings account. For individual in 2024, it's 4,150. For uh, families, it's 8,300. And then over age 55, it's 1,000. But what's nice is say if you put 8,300 away, your family's pretty healthy and you don't have medical expenses, but you could have a child in braces vision expenses, you can use those funds for those type of expenses too. It's just not limited to those on your health plan. And it also, you can use the expenses for all of your covered dependents, even if by chance they're not on your medical plan. Great points, right? I mean, it could be a great opportunity to save money on taxes um, to be able to do this or use this stuff for the qualified medical expenses right. for the entire family. And, and just for some context that Michelle was just saying there that in 2024, $8,300 is the most you can put into the HSA in 2024. These numbers change every year and typically go up just based on 
uh, inflation, cost of living, just different things like that that the IRS calculates. Same thing with 401ks. But in 2022, that number was $7,300. It was the max. 2023, this year was $7,750. And then again, next year is $8,300. And then if you're over uh, age 55, you can add an, an extra $1,000. I guess kind of a question is just what type of person or family should consider the HSA plan? It, you know, they're, they're typically high deductible plans. Um, there's also some ways to use this in retirement planning. But when you're having these conversations, Michelle, like, when do you typically bring this up for an operator? Well, ask if they consider themselves to be a low utilizer of their healthcare medium, wanting to be involved in their healthcare more so because pricing is going to be transparent when you're on a high deductible plan because you're paying that first corridor of cost of if someone only wants a copay, then I show them the other four plans. If they're willing to invest their time into becoming that advocate for themselves and being part of that consumer driven process, and they don't go to the doctor a lot, or even if they go some, it's still less expensive to pay as you go. I'm more of the person who wants to have a lower fixed cost and pay when I go versus having a higher cost of premium. And if I don't go much, unfortunately, the carriers don't give you a refund at the end of the year and say, thank you for not using your plan because health insurance is expensive. It's complicated, but it's nice to put that money away. I mean, over the course of 10 years, I mean, they call these a healthcare IRA for a reason. And you could accumulate going into your retirement and use that money for long-term care premium, for med sub premiums, for all of those expenses you incur as you get older, as you go into retirement. So I honestly think the HSA could be for anybody, but typically I see those who don't go much look at an HSA, but then others that look at it as a financial play of give me the lowest cost plan and I'll pay when I get sick. Yeah. And I completely agree with all of that, which is why I think everybody should at least consider an HSA plan. Just to, to reiterate what Michelle is talking about, that obviously you can use these you can use your HSA plan to pay for medical expenses throughout the given year, but there's no use it or lose it provision here, meaning that if you don't use the money in a given year, it rolls over to the future. So what many people are doing or thinking about with these is they're just rolling that money to the future to be used in retirement planning. So you defer the taxes today by putting money in the HSA. And then when you're 65, 70, or whenever you want to call it in retirement, you can pull that money out tax-free if you're still using it for qualified medical expenses. When the money is in the account, it grows tax-free, like I said, and yes, you can invest that money. Now, more than likely, you'll want it invested somewhat conservatively, but it all depends on your situation and how you're trying to use the money. Let's just say, you know, I'm just going to make up some numbers here just to give some context, but let's just say that you put eight grand away in the HSA for 20 years and it grew to conservative 5%. You would have over $275,000 in your HSA for retirement and you can pull that money out without having to pay taxes. Again, this can be a great thing if you want to retire before you're 65 and you need health insurance before Medicare, uh, long-term care, Medicare supplement plans like Michelle was talking about. And yes, you are going to have medical expenses in retirement. We all know that. But again, if you want to chat more about if this is a good strategy for your retirement plan, like just call me, email me, or talk to Michelle and their team. Of course, we can't give blanket recommendations on the podcast, but it's definitely something that we should all be considering. And as a note, if you're looking for a bank to house your HSA funds, HSA bank, I mean, HSA is actually, this is a 20th year since high deductible plans paired with an HSA were introduced uh, by the government as an allowable um, healthcare vehicle. But HSA Bank has great education. You can open account, talk to the CFA 
accountants because it's my understanding that you can um, submit this for reimbursement out of that 40000 And it's just a way to you know, still have great insurance, but you're just navigating the healthcare system in a different way. And by doing so, there's financial advantages that come along with that. Yeah. And how does somebody even use the HSA? Like, is it a debit card, a credit card? Is it checks? Is it cash? Like how do they yeah, actually so use it? There's a couple of different ways for reimbursement. So say if you were out and you didn't, you paid for an invoice and need to be a reimbursed for your HSA. So you can scan a claim in, fax it in the old fashioned way. Fax? Typically most what, people. Yeah. What is that word fax? I don't think anybody it knows actually that. still exists. Yeah, it still exists. And, um, or typically the way that most use it is you get a debit card and then you can pay for the services. But say if you're at a doctor's office and their debit card machine's not working, then you can pay for it and get reimbursed. And many times the bank will also get you a checkbook because it works very much like a checking account. It's just your checking account for medical expenses. Yeah, that's a lot of great information. Okay. I think that's enough for today um, that we've hammered everybody with things about. Right. We're benefits. also going to be hosting a, a town hall meeting the week of October 16th, just on this subject where we'll be able to do like live Q and A as well. Yeah. So we've got, we'll be at RPMs to be able to ask lots of questions. We'll be at the town hall. We've got open enrollment coming up in a couple of weeks. Obviously always just feel free to reach out if, if any of us can answer any questions, but Michelle, thank you again for coming on and talking about benefits and HSAs in particular. If again, if you're wanting to discuss anything with group benefits, what's the best way for operators to get in touch with you or your team? To get in touch with me personally, it's Michelle at GIOA.info. So Michelle at GIOA. Dot info or the team is at operator benefits at gia.info and all of that information our contact information is available on the dashboard as well great all right so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future topics that you might be interested in as always feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or thoughts if you don't have my cell or email my website's michaelgpalmer.com and click the contact tab to send me a message we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks now for the fun compliance piece Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, Pass, OSJ 5280, Carroll Canyon Road, Suite 300, San Diego, California, 92121, 619-684-6400. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Pass member FINRA, SIPC, Financial Representative of Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York, Pass is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian, Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Pass or Guardian. Insurance products offered through Westpac Wealth Partners and Insurance Services, LLC, a DBA of Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC. California Insurance License Number 0L49687. This product is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources to believed to be reliable, please note that the individual solutions can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by past Guardian or Westpac Wealth, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. 2023-161-880, expiration 925. Georgia Independent Operators Association, GIOA, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian.